You're now listening to episode 228 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on February 14th, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week, we're going to be talking about the maternal capac... I actually don't know how to say this word. Capacitance? I've always said capacitance, but now that I now that I think about it, I've never actually looked up how to spell it. I was going to look it up, uh, the pronunciation, and then I forgot. I used to pronounce corollary wrong, and it was like, I don't even know if that's correct, but that's what I think it is. I always pronounced it collalary, which doesn't even make sense because there's not that many L's in that word. Mm-hmm. But it was probably the first time that that word was used in an episode title. It was probably like multiple years, plural, after that, that I realized it was not collalary. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to click the pronunciation on Google and see just how this sounds. Capacitance. Capacitance. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, the... What was the other word? The maternal capacitance. Or, as I think of it, the Lime Kiss episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, when you think of like a title I feel like there's always like a still in your head that you picture mm-hmm. and for me it's definitely the lime kiss it's them, it's, it's them sitting on the couch with her with the lime in her mouth okay so speaking of uh like image stills from the episode I was actually going to bring this up so like I was watching the episode on HBO Max this morning and for each episode it has like a different picture that goes along with it and for this one the picture was Leonard licking Penny's neck on the couch. <laughs> like wow they're just gonna go all out there and like the summary was something like uh like leonard's mother visiting brings like him and penny closer or something like that all right yeah so little spoiler alert there for anyone who's trying to watch the episodes for the first time on hbo (laughs) i was listening to a podcast this morning where one of the hosts was gonna give a spoiler alert for a plot point of a movie and then the co-host, who's her husband, was like, the movie's 22 years old. You don't have to put a spoiler alert in it. Because it was also like a well-known movie. I don't remember which one. It's one that's very easily recognizable, but it's not a movie that like I'm like obsessed with or anything. Not that I'm really obsessed with a lot of movies. But anyway, it was a movie that I definitely recognized. It wasn't like some obscure movie. Like, oh, if you guys want to watch something about this. Like, it was a movie everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't seen it by now, you're probably not going to. Exactly. Or if you haven't seen it by now, you should already know, like, the main plot points of it. So it's mm-hmm. not, you know. Like, they mentioned the parent trap in a different episode. And if they were just like the parent trap, spoiler alert, the kids switch and go home with the other family. You know, like it would be something like that. Like even if you haven't seen it, like, you know, and I really hate that was like in the trailers. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I already have forgotten what movie they referenced. But even though it's a movie that I haven't seen, whatever plot point it was that she tied into what they were talking about, like I knew. Mm hmm. So, but yeah, spoiler alert for anyone who has not watched this episode from 2009. Okay, so episode starts with the guys playing rock band, which we'd heard about in a fairly recent episode that they played. Because Leonard's their, what, lead guitarist, though he's not playing with them right now. Yes. The song that they're singing, whenever it comes on at work, I cannot take it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sometimes I even have to, because it's on Pandora, we do Pandora at work, and um, I have to click skip on it half the time because I'm like, I can't, I can't work while I'm listening to this because it just gives me the image of Raj and then I just want to giggle. <laughs> I was, okay, I was thinking like, it, like, did Weird Al like include this in like a polka or something? Because I felt like it reminded me of him somehow. Um, but he parodied it along with another song um, for his bedrock anthem, which was the Flintstones song. So, oh yeah, Good look song. at you reminding me of a bunch of Weird Al shit that I heard once and forgot about. <laughs> so then Penny comes in and is mm-hmm. like, "I swear to God, shut up." That's not what she said, <laughs> but it, it, but basically yes. Um, and I was really kind of surprised because the exchange between her and Howard where Howard says we were just finding our sound and she said you found it it's the sound of a cat being run over by a lawnmower that was actually in the promo for this episode oh yeah I think yeah and like so I remember hearing it like constantly on tv and then I was kind of surprised that it was at the start of the episode because I was like oh this is gonna be like a bigger like I thought that the 
whatever context that that exchange was in was going to be like a bigger plot point of the episode. And like, while rock band, I guess does come back later. It, it wasn't like a, it wasn't an episode surrounding that, which just kind of briefly surprised me just because it was at the very, very start. Mm-hmm. Did the uh, promo show any of the lime kissing? I don't remember. So I feel like no, because I, okay. I, I would have remembered that. I think that unless I just saw like, saw like the short promo, but the only thing I remember from the promo was this exchange. Then probably not. Yeah. Because I would have remembered the I would have remembered the lime kiss because like when it happens and the audience whoops like that was also me um, in the living room. But I was also like very subdued about it because my mother hated sitcoms and thought that this episode was extremely raunchy. And this is why you guys shouldn't watch this crap. So I had to be very muted in my Leonard and Penny love <laughs> in the early days. Yeah. So then um, Leonard enters on the phone trying to postpone something that is not good, though we don't know yet what it is. And Sheldon and his trying to determine comes up with colonoscopy. Well, you're initially thinking, okay, like it's a colonoscopy. And then when you find out what it is, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's as bad as a colonoscopy. But I liked the little tiny line at the start of when Sheldon's trying to deduce it, where he says, um, he's using the analytical rather than emotional side of his brain, suggesting he has no personal relationship with the caller. <laughs> yeah, it's like, true, but not true. But yeah, true. <laughs> it's like the response to that is like, I don't remember what blooper it was, but it was the blooper where Jim could not get a line right. And then he looks at the audience and goes, it's not funny, it's sad. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like that applies to Leonard not having a personal relationship with his mother. I mean, that's also like his um, machine hug that he brings up later. Yeah. So yeah, Leonard's mother is coming to visit. Um, And then we meet her in the very next scene. Uh, Penny runs into her looking at the elevator with its out of order signs and pondering the implications. I really like the contrast between Penny and Beverly here. Because when she says, I can read the sign, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. And she goes, I think it implies that the elevator doesn't work. Like, Penny does not realize who this is initially. And so she's probably thinking, like, wow, this person's, like, really stupid. And then, <laughs> then she realizes, oh, wait, this person is, like, creating, like, a broader picture off of the fact that this elevator doesn't work. And then she's able to figure out who it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you must be Leonard's mother. <laughs> but at first, just the way Kaylee delivers, I think it implies that the elevator doesn't work. Like, she's like, oh, my goodness. What a dumbass. <laughs> Which, like, and then she's like, oh, wait, no, this person's actually extremely intelligent. Yeah, Kaylee's got some, like, really good line deliveries in this scene. Like, jumping ahead a little bit, I like when she's, like, five or six. And then she's, like, five. Yeah, she just gives her, like, the... I think there was a review for this episode. I don't remember. Maybe it was TV line. I don't remember. But there's a part where um, she says, like, oh, she asked what Leonard was like when he he was little. And Beverly asked her to be more specific. Five or six? Death stare. Five. (laughs) They kind of described the visual there, which was great. I also like when... Penny's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And Beverly's just, you're a handshaker. Interesting. <laughs> like, wouldn't his mom understand that, like, most social situations where you're meeting somebody, you shake hands? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't shake hands with, like, clients at work. But, like, I mean, I guess that's partly just people handshake less now due to COVID. But, like, when you go into a doctor's office, you don't shake hands with the receptionist, but you would shake hands with the doctor. So, like, if I was meeting the parent of one of my friends... I would shake their hand. I like I general I I don't think I would in that situation. I like I think handshake I think of like job interview or like more of like a business situation than general meeting people. That's Just fair. But for me, like meeting a good friends so like as an adult, meeting another adult friends. Well, okay. Another adult friend. I'm almost 30. I don't have any children friends. That would be weird. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different when you're a little kid. Like, when I would go over to a friend's house in, like, first grade, I wasn't shaking their hand. But, like, now it's like I'm an adult meeting another adult, and this is the parent of one of my friends. Like, 
to me, it would just be like, a, I don't know, because I think the whole respect your elders thing is kind of bullshit in the sense that, like, if someone's being a shithead and I call them out on it for being like racist or whatever, and then they're like, you need to respect your elders. I'm like, oh, fuck off. No, I don't. But for me, when I meet people, when I meet like my friends, parents, just because as an adult, you don't always meet your friends, parents. Um, I feel like I would. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It also might depend, too, on, like, how well I knew them before. Like, I've never met Sierra's mom, but I'm going to meet her next year. I don't know if I would shake her hand because I feel like there's just so much nuance to it. It's hard to explain. Like, she and I are Facebook friends, and her mom knows me really well through all the stories that Sierra has told her about me. So I feel like it kind of feels like we already know each other, even though we haven't met in person. But if I was going to meet, like... Like, I'm going to Emily's baby shower in a couple weeks. If I had not met her husband's parents prior to this, if they would introduce themselves to me, I would probably shake their hand. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But I feel like in this situation, I would just shake the person's hand. I feel like it's not so odd that I would comment or even think like, oh, you're a handshaker. I'm now going to psychoanalyze you. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's odd to... um... Like, I just, like, for me personally, I I feel like I just generally don't, but not that it's normal not to. Like, I feel like it goes either way. Thinking about it now, I feel like if you had shaken my parents' hands when you met them, that probably would have felt weird to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it may also just depend on the situation, but... Yeah. Okay, so then... I like when Penny and Bev start going up the stairs and Beverly's just like, oh, do you want to like, I don't remember how she phrased it, but do you want to like chit chat while we're going up the stairs? And Penny's like, okay. And then she's just like, okay, you start. (laughs) I don't have a topic in mind. So like, I will participate if you want to, but the burden is on you to get this going. (laughs) I don't know why, but that exchange reminds me of that Friends episode, um, Oh, I think it was the one with the videotape, which I think is an extremely underrated episode, even though it's very well liked. But um, when uh, Ross goes over to Joey's and is like, I want to talk to you about something. And then Joey's like, oh, okay. how about uh, you showering with your mom? And Ross is like, (laughs) I actually had a topic in mind. (laughs) (laughs) But I just love the implication from Joey there. Like, he's like, oh, Ross wants to talk. Okay, let me come up with something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so then we have Penny asking about Leonard when he was little, and then having to specify young, and then the five or six, five. And then I like how she's like, oh, okay, like, I would have had a completely different answer if you'd said six, but I have a story for Mm five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she gets a little too personal with Leonard's childhood story there. And then they turn to how how Leonard mentioned she is a psychiatrist. And then Penny says she's an actress. And then it goes downhill from there for her. It does. I also want to mention how when Beverly's talking about Freud, she does mention that it was kind of like a discredited, I think outmoded was the word that she used as a theory. But then it's just like anecdotally, like that here's a story that supports it. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's kind of interesting, especially right now when you see like situations where like science is very strongly suggesting one thing and then people will bend over backwards to find a couple stray exceptions and then use that as proof that like this is actually common. So Mm -hmm. when I was rewatching it, that kind of stood out to me because she's just like, I acknowledge that this theory doesn't hold any water, but because my child happens to exhibit signs of possibly being what Freud thought then I'm still going to bring it up. And I'm like, no, like outliers are not worth mentioning as research. Like you can only mention them as outliers, but they're not statistically significant. And it kind of sounds like she still kind of buys into it. Yeah, I was still sort of putting weight in it. Like with the, the virus, like it's been proven how effective the shot is. My mother got the shot and she still got it, but she still is so glad she got the shot. Whereas, like, other people are like, oh, well, I still got it, so that's proof that, like, no one should get the shot. And I'm like, you are not an infectious disease expert, so Mm -hmm. calm the fuck down. But I don't know, any, like, neuroscientist that puts a lot of heavy weight in Freud, I don't really take all that seriously. Like, there's some things that he said that I'm like, okay, I could see where you got that, or okay, maybe that's true, But, like, no, in general. 
I think that Freud was a very sexually frustrated individual who decided that the rest of the world was constantly horny because he was. That's not scientific. I'm also not <laughs> a professional in that field. But every person I've ever taken those types of classes with, like, very much discredit Freud. You know, going back to Friends, now I'm just thinking about Joey's musical that he was in <laughs> about Freud. I once tweeted the lyrics to that song on Twitter. Of course, I tweeted them on Twitter. And I had, like, multiple people reply, oh, my gosh, I never knew exactly what he was saying <laughs> because of the accent. They were like, I got the gist because it's Freud. But they were like, I did not completely. I was not picking up on all the words. And they were like, thank you. And I was like, oh, I was just tweeting it to be funny, but I'm glad I helped you out. Um, yes, the play where it wasn't just Freud. It was Freud with an exclamation point at the end. Yes. But yeah, the funniest thing for me was when I tweeted it and people are like, oh my God, that's what he was saying. <laughs> We're like, we got the gist. We kind of had a feeling we knew what he was talking about, but... There you go. So then it shifts to Penny being really sad about her father wanting a boy. Yes. I have complicated feelings about this, but... Do you want to get into those or no? Not really, but okay. So we know Penny has a brother. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the whole implication that her dad wanted nothing to do with her once he couldn't pretend that she wasn't a boy anymore. Like, wouldn't the brother have already been born by then? Most likely. Especially when we meet him later. It's not like there's a big age difference. Right, it's not like he's 10. So that seems a little off to me. I don't think at this point they established that she had a brother, but considering we know she had a brother, she does have a brother when this aired, even if the writers didn't know it yet. So that's a little bit of a plot hole. I'm also not sure about pennies. I don't like getting dirty. I don't like sports. I try just to please him because she seems quite genuinely proud of her like Nebraskan farm life roots in a lot of later episodes as well as a couple from before. Yeah. Or just like one that comes to mind right now is when she was like showing Howard like how to like gut the fish. Exactly. Like, yeah. Now there is also the thing where you do something in an attempt to conform. Um, there was a period about five years ago where I wore a lot of dresses. I wore skirts. I was like, I was really doing the whole embracing the feminine side of me thing. And for me, it was a process. Um, before that, I was all like, I, I kind of had a lot of internalized misogyny around dresses and skirts and all that kind of stuff. And then when I unlearned that and was like, there's nothing bad about it, I started then very aggressively wearing that type of stuff. And then I realized, okay, I'm actually extremely uncomfortable with this. Just now I'm realizing it's just who I am being uncomfortable with it. And it's not because of misogyny that I'm uncomfortable with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just a personal thing rather than... Exactly. And like, I hate, like, I've... The very rare occasions I've had to wear a dress recently, it's put me in tears. I just feel very out of body when I wear a dress. Um, and, you know, it, it's just not something that's for me. But when I was younger, I didn't like it because I was I had a lot of internalized shit to unpack. And then I did go through that phase where I liked it. So it's very possible. And this is my theory I guess I can't even say theory because I don't think the writers necessarily intended it this way, but it's the way that like my brain's reconciling it. I think that when she was younger, she didn't like this stuff because like she knew the reason her father was trying to encourage it was because he wanted a boy. So she kind of was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I do want to do this. And then maybe as she's an adult and has kind of she's moved away, she's living on her own. She has a new social circle. She has a job, like all this other stuff. She's kind of come back around to being like, okay, I do actually like this stuff. It was the expectation put on me that made me not like it. Mm -hmm. That's what I think, um, which is kind of almost the inverse of what I went through with clothing. But I do think that we can't just completely write off like what she says here and her activities later, because that type of thing, when society or family has pressure on you, it can very much warp the way that you think or view. Mm -hmm. um, let me find something because I took a photo of a notebook in Target the other day. And I was not planning on reading it, but I feel like it fits here. I sent this to a friend of mine. 
So it says, finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are also not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions, and inaccurate conclusions you drew as a kid that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself, an unlearning, an excavation, a remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you, end quote there. And obviously not an exact application to this, but I do think that maybe Penny naturally did like this stuff. And then just the way that her family was around her kind of warped that a little bit. And then as an adult, she's reconciled herself to being like, I do like feminine things, but I also do not mind this other stuff either. And I'm actually kind of proud of how diverse my interest and skill set is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good theory to mesh, like what we see with her here versus like you said, like her sort of attitude towards that stuff through the rest of the series. Yeah. And I think that I think that maybe Beverly just breaking it down when she's not really prepared to talk about it, that may have just kind of like brought some stuff out. Um, but I do love how this part ends when you just see Leonard opening the door and Penny's just standing there with Beverly like in <laughs> tears, just because it's like Leonard has no idea that any of this previous stuff happened. Like he just opens the door and is like, there's my mom, there's Penny, she's crying. I've done, so- you know, she's done something clearly, but yeah. Yeah, and, like, he can, like, he's, like, obvious, like, he, like, you can tell he knows it's, like, it was his mother somehow, because he's not just, like, oh, my gosh, Penny, what's wrong? He's yeah. just kind of, like, okay, this is the situation right now. So, I don't understand Beverly's first line to Leonard, um, the, if you want to have intercourse with that girl, find out what kind of cologne her father wore. I mean, I guess, like, the... Like, some people say, like, oh, like, girls, like, go after guys that remind them of their dad. Okay, that's probably it. I was just thinking, I guess that does tie into what happens later. But I always thought, like, what does he want? Does she want her son to not like his own children? Like, that's what my brain kind of always went to. So I'm just like, I don't understand why she wants Leonard to be a bad parent. Like, that's literally my brain could knock it off of that circuit. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just the, like, she clearly was, like, trying to get her dad's approval, so she would go for a guy similar to her dad, and then just the cologne to tie it all together. I am so, so glad, because that's another Freudian shit that Beverly be talking about here. I am so glad that my brother-in-law is not like my father. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my brother-in-law is so easygoing. My dad gets so worked up about everything. My brother-in-law is, he's an outdoorsy person and that he likes hiking, but I also think that he kind of indulges my sister a lot of the time. My dad is very like work with the hands, do all of that. Absolutely not with my brother-in-law. But if they had been very similar, I just would have been like, no, no. (laughs) But they're, they get along very well, but they're very different people as well. So that sounds like the good, like what you want to aim for basically yeah and I mean like I couldn't see myself going for someone who's like my mother except maybe in the like hardworking and likes traveling sense but like I would I cannot I don't see myself ever going for somebody who like I'm trying to please them because my mother was never happy with me I mean I have a good relationship with her which is maybe why but I feel like a lot of the time the like, oh, you go for someone like your parents. I feel like I feel like too that is actually kind of twisted a little bit because your parents instill values in you. And if you have those values and those interests, you're going to have more in common with someone who also has those values and interests. You know what I'm saying? So like in that yeah. sense, I could definitely see myself like, well, I can't see myself getting married. But if I was to get married, I could see myself marrying someone like my mother in that sense. But, like, this Freudian sexual component to it, no. Yeah, it's like there's, like, it makes sense up to a point, but then it just gets weird. Right, because that just kind of becomes, like, your kind of people. Yeah. So now we have Beverly's tea order. Yeah, and it's like, if we weren't already, like, connecting her to Sheldon, like, with similarities between them, here's just another, like right in your face like here look she's just like sheldon haha yeah although i do have specific things that i eat or drink that do need to be done very specifically or it drives me crazy but i don't expect other people to do that for me 
Yeah, I mean, like, I am an extremely picky eater, but I'm not going to, like, question somebody, like, ten different times, like, ten different things if something is made exactly to my liking. You mean, like, if we put literally anything on your hamburger? Yes. <laughs> you can you can do ketchup, but beyond that, no thank you. Like, you would be a very good person to take to one of those... Um, Hamburger places where it's like, oh, the patty's free, but then everything you put on it is extra money. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. Okay, so then I do do like, though, at the end of this tea thing where Leonard leaves to go try it again and Sheldon's just like, I have the same problem with it. And then that goes into his theory is it's from Leonard's lack of focus is from his overdeveloped sex drive. Which then leads to Beverly talking about her sex with her husband um, and Sheldon wanting to read about it and Leonard being like, why am I with these people? Probably. You know, this is something, this might be weird. This is something I would, just because I, you know how wild YouTube topics I get into. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the other day I messaged you like, oh, did you know that inbreeding is blah, blah, blah? And you're just like, what are you watching? <laughs> and then What brought this up? Right. And then last night, um, my friends were like, what are you watching if you're not watching the Super Bowl? And I'm like, um, YouTube. And I was watching like a 30 minute documentary entitled Who Would Be Current King of America if George Washington had been made a monarch? So Ooh. yeah, there's four options. Um, depending on which line of what like succession method they go to, it's pretty good. Um, and so I get into a lot of weird shit and I mean, like, I don't necessarily know that this topic specifically would weird me out, but like, I have read a lot of topics that would make like a, a nun blush. Let's just put it Mm -hmm. that way. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know that I would read like my roommate's mother's parent like my roommate's mother's paper on their sex life, but like the general topic, I don't really, I wouldn't get super squicked out by it because trust me, I have watched weirder shit. Have you watched the Tinder swindler yet? No, I, I, that's on Netflix, right? Yes. I saw it there. Okay. Is that like a documentary or, okay. I was looking at it, but I couldn't tell from the description. I think it even said like movie up on top. Cause then it made me think it was just like a, like a, movie about it or like a uh, fiction thing no it's a documentary and they do say like at the start they do the little intro in it and then it says like a documentary up on the screen but no it's it's about an actual person i may need to actually check that out then i'm about halfway through it i got super tired last night and just like completely passed out but yes it is um and part of why i knew it was real is just because i remember when some of it, I remembered reading an article about like the, the, this, the, the I read an article about the guy who is the swindler. Um, and so when I saw the name, I was like, oh, this has to be like nonfiction. But yes, it does say film, which is interesting. But um, no, it, yeah, it's that's good. Through me. It's good. And you should definitely check it out. Will do. Okay, so then back to the episode. I love when Leonard just walks back in and he's like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And Jill's just the frequency with which your parents had intercourse. <laughs> and Leonard's like, oh, maybe she'll show you the PowerPoint presentation. Which poor Leonard, because, you know, he's had to see that PowerPoint presentation at some point. <laughs> that PowerPoint presentation lives in his nightmares. Yes. Um. So then I so I don't like Beverly. And this is interesting. Just going through this knowing just the extent that this character causes damage to Leonard throughout the season. But just earlier on, she's so quotable or relatable. Like when he's like, oh, what's new? And she's just like, you'll have to be more specific. I'm like, yeah, I understand why someone who's very left brain would be like, I need more information on this. And then, okay, I lo- okay, I liked how she says, I've been having fascinating menopausal symptoms recently. And then Leonard says something less personal. And he goes, oh, you're on. She goes, oh, your uncle Floyd died. I'm like, I feel like that's more personal than menopause because like everybody knows that people with like those reproductive organs go through menopause eventually. And then like what happened is just, oh, his heart stopped beating. I have to urinate. <laughs> my sister would always, my sister, that's another thing that she would do. She would always, I have to urinate and I'm like, stop. Also, this is not quite yet in this episode, 
But Beverly needing to use the middle stall just completely upsets me because I can't use the middle stall. (laughs) I have to use an end stall because the idea of there being three like collapsible walls on either side of me freaks me out because there's the door and then there's the two sides. And also there's a Criminal Minds episode where a person would go into what seems to be an empty rest stop and then she goes to use the bathroom and then you see feet drop down from the toilet in the stall next to her and that's the person who's going to kill her and I can't use a middle stall. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, don't have a preference in general. You wild animal. No. Like, at work I avoid the middle stall, but that's only because the water pressure on that toilet sucks, so you normally have to flush it a couple times and I just don't want to have to deal with that. But, like, in general, if I'm walking to the bathroom, I'll just go and, like, whatever's closest or whatever. I don't care. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Leonard says the only warm memories he has of his childhood are of his Uncle Floyd, who we have never heard him mention before or since. So, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I loved... Um, Sheldon, you're misremembering your mother is brilliant, analytical, insightful, and embedding. She never hit you with a Bible because you wouldn't eat your Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't picture, I, I, I can and can't ma- picture Mary doing that because I'm like, what would be her biblical justification for eating the Brussels sprouts? I'm not sure, but I'm sure she could find one. I'm sure she could too. You know, it, like it stood out a little to me, like how like Leonard like, well, it's clarified by Leonard saying, like, I thought you guys might hit it off that this is, like, the first time Sheldon and Beverly are meeting. When, like, Leonard and Sheldon have been roommates for, what, like, about six years at this point? But we also so, know that Leonard avoids seeing his mother at all costs. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he avoids her. So, like, had he just managed to, like, put off her visiting for six years? Or, like, did he maybe, like, go to see her at some point? Or Sheldon was out of town when she visited. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, him mentioning at the start, like, there's not a lot of room in the apartment definitely makes it seem like she hasn't been to that apartment yet. That's true. Yeah, it's not It's not like it's a plot hole. It just stood out to me a little bit like, oh, that long and he's avoided it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we had then, like, Sheldon and Leonard both clearly, like, Wishing that they'd had, like, the other one's mother. Imagine what Sheldon would be like if he had been raised by Beverly. I I can't even imagine. Like, I'm very, like, not for Leonard, but I'm very glad that Sheldon had the mother that he did because she definitely nurtured the more, I don't want to say the more human side of him because I hate comparing, like, socially awkward geniuses to, like, machines, because that literally dehumanizes them. But Mary nurtured the emotive part of Sheldon. That's very true. Like, Sheldon may not have had, like, the mother he wanted, but it was probably more of what he needed when he was younger. Yes. To an extent. And, I mean, he does genuinely love his mother, whereas Leonard's relationship with her is he, like, wants her to love him. Um, I mean, I'm sure he loves her, too, but, like, I think that Sheldon definitely, like, like, when when he saw her in season one and he's just like, mommy, (laughs) like, (laughs) he has more of that with her. I mean, when he flees at the start of season three, he goes to her, like, no matter how different they are as people, she is a very central figure in his life. Yeah. And Leonard's love for his mom is more of, like, the just like well she's my mom versus exactly like, and emotional connection a lot of the pain is like why do i have a mom who isn't warm and loving yeah god can you imagine pregnant beverly no god what would she have been like insufferable i'm sure mm-hmm. um poor christine every time i see her in anything she's leonard's mother Um, I see her in Mamma Mia. She's Leonard's mother. And then at Christmas time, I'm like, why does Leonard's mother want to fuck the Grinch? Like, (laughs) it's just like that. There's very few actors that I really, truly can only see as one person. And it's not like I haven't seen them in anything else. But like, I cannot see Christine like um on the good wife my dad will be like oh leonard's mom is in trouble or something like that (laughs) like she is leonard's mom to us i think for me like 
I don't necessarily have that problem, but it's just because, like, she is so different as Leonard's mom than, like, any of the other things I've seen her in, which on a, which really isn't a lot, but, like, the Grinch or Mamma Mia, like, like, I saw her in The Grinch first, and it was, like, it was a movie, like, I knew well, like, I'd seen it multiple times, but, like, when I first watched Big Bang Theory, like, I did not connect her at all to the movie <laughs> because they're just, like, two totally, completely different roles. And okay. then I found out, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Then. A couple of years ago, I want to say maybe it was 2020. Yeah, it was Christmas 2020. They were showing the original Grinch, and then Jim Carrey's Grinch, and then the whatever bullshit Grinch they came out with a couple years ago. And The, like, animated one? Yeah, the live-action one comes out, and Dad goes, oh! He's like, I'm glad this is on, I've never seen this. And my sister and I just look at each other, <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> he has no idea. I was like, you are the person that you were before you saw that movie, and you're the person that you are after, and they are not the same person. And I think he was <laughs> expecting it to just be, like, the exact same story, but with, like, live-action, and we're like, no, 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 no. And then we're a good, we're not, I wouldn't say we're a good chunk of the way through it, but we're not like right at the beginning. And all of a sudden dad goes, is this Leonard's mother? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And he was like, oh no. Like he was so, <laughs> and like at the end we were like, so that was, was that what you were expecting? And he goes, no. <laughs> but when he said, I've never seen it, my sister and I like, she's sitting well, like how our living room is like an L and my dad's sitting like near the crook of the L and I'm sitting by our fireplace and then my sister's sitting over by where the piano is and our eyes just kind of like meet across the room and they're both like twice the size that they are normally. Like we're like, oh my gosh, not only is dad about to experience this movie for the first time, but we get to be here to witness it. <laughs> it's such a fucking weird movie. Um, it's weird, but I really like it. I like it, but it's definitely weird. Like they were on some fantastic drugs when they did certain <laughs> parts of that movie. Um, and then there was somebody on Twitter, or no, it was on Reddit, where someone said that she wanted her boyfriend to like dress up as the Grinch, and she was talking about all these like really explicit things that she finds sexy about the Grinch, and she's talking about his fuzzy green dick and all this other stuff, and it's just like this long Reddit post, and it was basically like, am I the asshole for being upset with him for not wanting to engage in this really in-depth, explicit, graphic Grinch roleplay? And somebody shared it on this Facebook book, bu- Facebook group, and I commented, "Found Martha May's Reddit account," and it got like one thousand <laughs> likes. God. And then there's that great article about they were like, "This movie is about how this one who woman just aggressively wants to fuck the Grinch the entire time." <laughs> and I was I was reading it out loud to one of my coworkers, and we both had actual tears running down our faces. We were laughing so hard. But yeah, even then, my dad's just like, why does Leonard's mother want to sleep with the Grinch? (laughs) Because that's (laughs) how we view Christine. Nobody knows. All right. So next scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So the guys are at the university cafeteria along with Beverly. Um, And Howard decides to ask about Leonard's brother and sister who are incredibly successful. And his sister is um, successful in the professional world, and we know she has a family. Yes. Because in season four, I think, when he's dating Priya, he says that his sister was 38 and married. So they're both, they're old, well, the, the, the brother is younger, and the sister is a decent amount older than Leonard is. Leonard, yeah. Because he's, what, like, late 20s at this point? I want to say he was 27 in the first season. Okay. So, because I think in the first season, him and Sheldon were 27, Howard and Raj were 26, and Penny was 21, which would make Leonard 28 now. So his sister would be 36 now. It's not a huge age difference, but still one there it's one that i i mean beverly has such a i'm assuming since they said that they had intercourse for the purposes of reproduction that they did not have any fertility problems because they would have gone the science route but i am wondering like i'm sure beverly has a reason for spacing out her kids the way that they did um Mm -hmm. but also if he's if michael is a tenured law professor at harvard i can't imagine michael is that much younger than leonard leonard yeah even if he was a prodigy, you have to be, you have to be there for a while, I think, to get tenure. And law school takes forever. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I would say that would mean that would make Michael the most gifted of the three of them. Probably. 
I remember, like, er, for a while, I really liked the headcanon that, like, Leonard actually got along really well with his sister. That was, like, came out of, I don't remember whose or what the fan fiction was, but there was one that, like, included his sister that, like, sort of started it. And I was like, oh, I like that. I hope that's true. But then we never met either of his siblings anyway, so. Oh, so. It doesn't seem that they were actually that close, just from what we hear. This is interesting. According to harvard.edu, um, Glenn Cohen became the youngest professor of the faculty at Harvard Law School, tenured or untenured, when he joined the faculty in 2008 at age 29. So this mm-hmm. would definitely bend um, real life here. And then he yeah. became tenured full in 2013 at age 34, um, though not the youngest in history. So it seems like there have been younger at other schools, but for Harvard... This would be Professor Cohen. Yeah, so that would really make Michael a prodigy there. Yes. Be tenured at younger. Yeah, and then uh, Leonard's sister is close to curing diabetes. Because why else would you grow a uh, pancreas and a gibbon? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I say as if I know anything about any of that <laughs> i just trust it you know like i tell people at work when i give them dvds and they ask if we can if they can convert the dvd to usb i'm just like well i haven't done it myself but a bunch of teenagers told me you can so i'm just gonna believe them <laughs> um let's see beverly has to urinate again um leonard tries to get the guys to stop but they're just like nope you've got to suffer We've got the Jar Jar impersonation from Howard. I struggle with this again because, like, friends make fun of each other, but there's also the line of if you're genuinely hurting somebody. Yeah. And, like, we know later that there's, like, some really deep-seated shit here with Leonard in regards to his mother. And if his friends don't know this, it means that they have not made themselves individuals that Leonard feels comfortable telling. Yeah, and, like, he, like, he doesn't get into the details, but he sort of tries here. Like, my friends might realize this is difficult and try to help me through it. And Raj is like, no, mocking you is more fun, so. So then Howard turns the table on them when his mom gets back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I say Leonard or Howard? You said Howard. Okay. (laughs) Leonard does. I do like how he phrases it. She's like, where were we? Howard lives with his mother and Raj can't speak to women unless he's drunk. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do like Leonard's then uh, Jar Jar um, line when he turns it back on. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, when Leonard's like, he lives in the same room where his bassinet was. It's like, if you're living with your parents, I feel like it'd be weird to just be like, I'm going to change what room I'm in. Like, if you've already established that you're living with your parents, I don't think at that point being like, yeah, they live in the same room. It's like, well, yeah, they're not going to move into the living room. Yeah, it's like, it's not like it really adds anything on top exactly. of the situation already. And is. also, that kind of speaks to social class, because there's a lot of people that live with their parents due to financial struggles, but a lot of those parents also have financial struggles, and I mean... There's not a lot of people in the middle class or lower middle class or anything like that that have never moved. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, I have friends who live with their parents that it's not the same room where their bassinet was because they no longer have that house. Like, I live in the same room where my crib was, but it's because my parents have been fortunate enough to be able to stay in the home that they built their entire marriage. Well, okay. Yeah. It wasn't finished until multiple years after they got married. But, like, they got married, they started building the house, they moved in, and they have stayed here. And that is a privilege that not a lot of people have, especially now. Yeah, like, I'm, like, back with my dad right now, but also, like, it's not the house where Mm -hmm. my bassinet, if I had a bassinet or crib or whatever was. Like, that house we haven't been in since I was, like, five, so. Yeah. And this is, what, the third house you guys have had? chronologically the second that we lived in but then there was a third and then we came back to this one because the first time i met you we were in the other one yes okay i say we you were in the other one last time i (laughs) this is just like on twitter when we got the comment that said that we act like we live together and i'm just like oh yeah that's when we were in the other house (laughs) i mean technically you did stay there so you can say we were there yes we were there for those like three days um 
Yes. You know, sometimes like when I was, I was telling you how like a ton of people think that me and Sierra are dating, like sometimes we do things or say things or we look at each other and we're like, okay, we hear it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like we got a friend of mine who got married last year. Me and Sierra sent them a joint Christmas gift with the card said Merry Christmas we love you guys <laughs> once they got it we were like okay like we're not dating but we do understand why the third parties might think that way so yeah. um yeah um but yeah like that was me being like oh yeah that's when we lived in that house I'm like okay I hear it I it's not accurate but I hear it um yeah we were laughing about the christmas present we were like yeah we were like oh this will be such a good idea and then after we're like we we do understand where people are getting this perception from okay um but we are not in an ersatz homosexual marriage like howard and raj apparently are um but i did like when he's like say what and then raj whispers something to him and he's like okay that's basically what i just said (laughs) I think my favorite part of it is how, like, when Raj and Howard were, like, bickering at the end and going back and forth. And then, like, Sheldon, like, all he picks up on is, like, you guys went to the comic book store without me. (laughs) Exactly. Like, he doesn't care about the relationship or their argument. Just, like, hey, what's up with this? I know that this could be construed as offensive, like, that they were insulted by the implication that they were gay or, you know, something like that. But I'm like, also, this is another thing where I'm like, if I was Howard and Raj, if Howard and Raj were me and Sierra, we would have those moments again where we would just be like, okay, we we hear it. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, I do understand the criticism of this scene. I do completely understand it. And it's not even that I disagree with it. It's just, I'm like, I am definitely a the very specific demographic that can find it funny because it relates to my life. Mm-hmm. All right. So then... Leonard goes over to Penny. We're finally getting to the Hell lead up yeah. to the line. Literally, test. we've just been filler before we talk about this. Like, this is like the whole reason that you watch this episode, right? I don't even um, ever watch this entire episode. Usually, I just watch this part. <laughs> um, but yes, so I like I like the exchange that you have alcohol. Your mom's still here. Yep, come on in. <laughs> yeah, we find out his mom took Sheldon to the hospital to get a brain scan. And Penny, of course, is like, what happened? He's just like, no, nothing. Yeah. She likes looking at brains and he likes getting his scanned. I do like how whenever someone mentions, kind of like just in the peanut reaction, whenever someone tells Penny that one of them is like at the hospital, she's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe in this case, she's just like, ooh, tell me about it. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then they bond a little bit over Beverly getting in their heads. Penny's commercial audition didn't go well because she was too perky. And she says that as she bursts into tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and this then this is where we find out how Leonard made the hugging machine, which is, yeah, that's just sad. I also like when he's like, oh, you know what I used to do? And she's like, yeah, you grabbed your penis. And then he's <laughs> like, of course, of course your mother. Of course my mother told you. But that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we jump briefly to Sheldon and Beverly looking over the brain scan. Well, what you um, ju- you jumped right over the part how his father used to borrow the hugging machine. <laughs> yes, I, I feel so too. bad for just the people in Beverly's life. Mm-hmm. Like this is another thing that like I thought was another reason I thought this was much funnier as a kid than as an adult is just because I didn't have the complex understanding of like what parental abuse can do to you as a kid. I mean, my parents weren't perfect, but they were not like this at all. And just as an adult and seeing the way that parents of my friends have treated them and all this other stuff, like I'm kind of seeing it from a more personal side now. And I loved this episode as a whole when it aired. But now I'm just like a lot of the stuff outside of the lime kiss. Like if you don't think any deeper into it, it's funny. But once you get deep into it, you're like, this is really sad. Yeah. I mean, because you remember how, like, when I had to live at work this spring and I would be gone for, like, three days at a time and, like, I just would not see people for the vast majority of the day. Like, I was either calling my mom or I was calling you or I was just talking to somebody because I'm, like, I'm just not seeing anybody. Like, it was just so isolating. And just having to grow up with a mother that wouldn't hug you, that would just fuck with you so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's pretty, like, impressive Leonard came out all as, like, well-adjusted, ultimately, as he did, given, like, 
his parents in the childhood with everything we hear about it. Yes. And I mean, that's not to excuse the moments where he is being a genuinely shitty person, but I know your environment does create you. And a lot of the stuff that he struggles with that he knows he doesn't fully understand, but he tries. I think that those things, he those specific things he would not have had a problem with if it wasn't for his parenting. Yeah. All right, so then Sheldon and Beverly were looking at the brain scans um, and determining, actually, hey, like, I feel very comfortable around you now, which they normally don't. Um, I do like the bit, like, is that, like, or, like, Sheldon asked, like, what are the odds that, like, the two of them would end up connected by Leonard? And it's like, is that rhetorical or would you like to do the yes. math? Yes. Like, I'd like to do the math. <laughs> and then... Leonard and Penny have moved on from, it looked like the wine or something they were starting with, straight to, like, shots. They've clearly been going at this for a little bit. (laughs) Yes. And I like how Penny starts her little scenario with, now this time, because, like, you know they've been coming up with shit. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. So she gives him the instructions to lick the salt off her neck. Do the shot and then bite the lime. The way that and she I like says her, like, that. Little laugh. <laughs> yes. But just the way she delivers that entire thing. Like, I could literally look at my sister and go, You're going to lick the shot. And she could just go through it and say it exactly the way that Penny did. Like, it's almost like a copy pasta in our house. <laughs> and I like when she spills and then whoops in between all of that. Like, it's so good. And like, Kaylee's just on it in this episode. Yep. And then Leonard's like, I didn't hear anything after <laughs> Which, of course. Yeah. Brain short circuits there. Yeah. Um, Neck shot lime. So when I was taking notes for this, I was looking at the transcript to see how stuff... This is bigbangtrans.wordpress.com for anyone who doesn't know whenever we reference transcripts. But mm-hmm. I wanted to see if there were any notes about this. And for this part, it says, Penny, neck shot lime. Leonard starts licking her neck. He is there a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they don't describe the kiss at all, but they do specify he is there a long time. <laughs> and then the lime, of course, is in Penny's mouth. And I like how at first, when he's like on her neck and she's like, okay, shot not shot lime, it kind of makes it seem like she's like annoyed, like, dude, this is not what we're doing. But then she's mm-hmm. like, oh no, no, no. He, um, <laughs> she wants him to get to the lime because of where the lime is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, this is good, but we need to move on to the next part. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, in my notes for this point, I just wrote, like, lime kiss, all caps. <laughs> so good. Was that, is that, I don't know, is it still your profile picture on the forum or was it just for a very long time? Um, I cannot remember at all what it was, is right now, but. Hold on. It is I wouldn't be surprised. Currently that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it still is. I mean, it's just like a staple. It's a classic. You can't go wrong with it. It is a classic. You really can't. Yeah. And then, of course, I love how in the scene, then you have like Leonard like spitting the lime out to the side and then just get back to the kiss. Exactly. Like, this is what we're here for, guys. Yeah. Um, and then jump back to Sheldon and Beverly, um, and they're discussing whether or not they should do something that we don't know what it is yet, and they're hesitant, um, and it's obviously trying to make you think that it's something of a more, like, sexual nature or something. Even though, like, the second that Sheldon said I was hesitant the first time I tried it, It was just like when they were trying to work out what Leonard was on the phone about. And Sheldon's like, okay, we've established that this is something he's done before. Once we realized that whatever Beverly and Sheldon were discussing was something that they had done before, we knew it wasn't anything super sexual. Yeah. We were like, let's be real. This is something extremely innocent. And honestly, we probably should have guessed what it was just because they had introduced the like music thing at the start. But I still didn't. I mean, I would be pretty impressed if somebody guessed that. I mean, not the specifics, but, like, a rock band type thing. That would not have mm-hmm. surprised me. No, I think just because, like, so often, like, the tag, there's just, like, stuff thrown in there. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought to connect it. 
But then we have Leonard and Penny again have moved on to her bedroom. Okay, so really quick, um, this reminds me of a meme where um, these people, it says, like, making out on the couch. And I and the girl says, shall we move this to the bedroom? And I say, sure, you grab this end, I grab this end. And then, like, the picture at the bottom is them, like, carrying a couch. <laughs> <laughs> and then Leonard ruins everything by talking too much. She literally told him to shut up, like Leonard. Yeah. Why? But I did like how his you shush. I'm happy. I want to talk about it. Buddy, <laughs> talk about it when it's done. Okay. And then also, yeah. it kind of reminds me of how, like, when I first came out for a taping, I did not say a damn word about it to anybody until you tweeted that we were in line for the show. And that was when, like, the internet found out that we were going and, like, all of our friends were like, oh my God, I had no idea. And I'm like, exactly, because I was afraid I was going to miss my plane or that you were going to be a 50 year old man. I knew you weren't a 50 year old <laughs> man. But I was like, I am not going to tell anybody because I'd be afraid of jinxing it. So I'd be like, listen, if I'm going to hook up with somebody and she's telling me to be quiet, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, imagine, scenario. I get a shot with Charlize Theron, okay? If she tells me to be quiet, I don't even think I would say yes, ma'am, because that's talking. I am instantly silent. Yes, <laughs> yes, Charlize, whatever you want. Yeah, and, like, Leonard, like, not only, like, ruins it with his initial talking, but then, like, well, I don't know if he could have saved it at all, but after that, but like all of his like responses to Penny are just like, no, you're just like digging your hole even deeper. Well, no, I, th- I think he could have saved it because she's like, you're saying you're not having sex with me. You're having sex with your mother. He could have been like, no, I'm saying that that's what she would say. And it's fucking weird. You know, like, I feel mm-hmm. like he still could have like at least not gotten kicked out. But then he, like, acknowledges he believes it later on when she says, he's like, well, it's not bothering me that you're trying to have sex with your father. Like, yeah, that line was the definitely, like, he might have been able to save it before that. But at that point, then as we saw, she just kicks him out. And I like how he wasn't even really mad about it. Like, he was just <laughs> like, yeah, I blew that, so... Yeah, it, like it reminds me of, was it the last one when Charles was like, yeah, yeah. there's no other way. That was the only option. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so, Leonard is saying goodbye to his mother. We have a line that you like to quote a lot. <laughs> have a nice flight. That's not really in my control, is it? I do all the fucking time. And, like, that's another thing with me and my sister. Like, she will text me that they're on a plane for somewhere, and I'll be like, I have a good flight. And she'll just text back, that's not really in my control, is it? <laughs> and whenever we say it verbally, she, she, like, tries to, like, mimic the way that Christine delivered the line, too. Like, it's a very quotable, a lot of the stuff that she says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Penny comes out, leaving her apartment, tries to talk to Leonard, and he's just like, no, we don't need to do this. I do wonder, I'll ask you, the first time that they do have sex, it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. Do you think their, like, afterward would have been the same in this situation? I feel like no, but I'm... I don't know why. I also feel, I feel like, like no. So I just that. wasn't sure what your gut was. No. I feel like I feel like part I of why maybe Go ahead. I think maybe because like when they actually do, it was like built up so long, sort of like Yeah, the and then they talked in the Gemini conjecture about how it sometimes takes a bit to like figure the other person out. Whereas, like, with this drunken hookup, I don't think there would have been that pressure. And then when they did end up getting together, they already kind of had, like, a trial run. And they would have, like, known, like, okay, this works, this doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, without having the, like, the buildup of it and then just, I don't know, the situation being more, like, impulsive i feel like yeah. it wouldn't have been and i feel like after. i feel like you have more expectations when it's like a, i have feelings for you and not like a, i might have feelings for you but we haven't acknowledged it and we're just super drunk yeah see what i thought you were gonna ask is what i thought penny was going to say or wanted to say to leonard which was what I was wondering. Oh. Like, she was wanting to talk to him. Like, how would that conversation have gone if it happened? I always kind of assumed that she was going to have the, like, can we not let this be awkward mm-hmm. conversation? And I think 
he kind of knew that. And so when he was just like, we don't have to talk about it, that was kind of like their acknowledgement of like, okay, we're not going to let it be awkward. We're going to pretend it didn't happen. That makes sense. And I guess I kind of feel like if Penny, like if she did have something like else or more she wanted to say, she wouldn't have just been like, because Leonard's just like, no, we don't need to talk about it. And she was just like, okay, good. Versus yeah. her being like, well, actually, like, can we? Exactly. So, yeah, she didn't seem sense. disappointed. She seemed kind of relieved. Yeah. So I think she was just going to be like, look, we're friends. We have to see each other all the time. Like, at this point, they don't have history. Like, it was awkward when they broke up. But, like, at this time, they don't have, like, a relationship history. It was just kind of like, oh, we're friends. And this almost went in a direction that I think we both would have regretted the next day. And I think I think it actually kind of speaks to how far their relationship has come. Because, like, in the pilot, Leonard just would have hooked up with her and probably would have been, like, score, you know. Yeah. But at this point, they know each other well enough that, like, he he would care if it was awkward afterward. Like, he doesn't just want to, like, he doesn't want her as, like, a notch in his belt. Yeah, they want to, like, preserve the friendship. Exactly. And so at this point, their dynamic is important to both of them. Yeah. So then Penny walks down with Beverly and is again in tears by the time they reach the bottom floor. I don't know who Bob is, but um, (laughs) we were so surprised. I'm like, literally, why did you change his name when it doesn't fucking matter? Like, there was never any joke about the name Wyatt. Like, it was literally nothing. So it's like, why would you already just gave a name? What's the point of changing it? I wonder if it just literally came down to they just completely forgot that they gave him a name here. True. Like, that is the sort of thing that they should, like, track. Like, shows have, like, their show Bibles where they track details. And then I wonder if somehow this just, like, slipped under the radar. Maybe. But yeah, they should have caught that. I know that Keith Carradine has a relative named Robert. Oh, yeah. But I was like, if it was maybe like, some, I don't know. It's not like actors are ever like, I'm not going to be named after because like the characters can be whatever. But I do know there is a Robert Carradine. Yeah, I guess. Because this was kind of like a throwaway line. But I'm still like, come on. Like, if you if you name somebody, write it down. Well, and then like, obviously, like when he came, like he called her Slugger, right? So there were references yes! in this episode. And it also, we never got the impression that he was sad that she was a girl. Yeah. And nor did it ever come up again that she was distressed by being, by the slugger name. Yeah, he just, like, it was just there, so. I mean, it's not important, but it's also, like, it's not important in the sense that it's not like it really matters. However, if you're creating a world, like, a main character's father's name is something that you really should, like, remember. hmm You know, like, if Penny had said, like, oh, when I was 13, I started dating this guy, and then a couple years, a couple seasons later, she's just like, well, I was dating that guy when I was 14, so it doesn't matter. And you're like, oh, well, you said you dated him. Okay, that doesn't matter. Maybe the character misremembered. But, like, I don't know. That's why, that's why I called him Wyatt Bob for, like, four years after we met the <laughs> character. Yeah, like, a name is something that there should be consistency with. Yes. If you're viewing this, which I feel like everyone who reads books and watches movies, like, they are viewing it as, like, quote-unquote real in the, like, I'm escaping into this story. And if I don't believe it's real in the sense of, like, the entertainment value, then what? what's the point? Um, in the sense that Penny is a real person with a real father, like, their name wouldn't change. Especially since, like... Everyone, like, online and stuff, like, when we would talk about him, we would just refer to him as Bob. Like, people would be like, oh, maybe this is... And then, like, the fanfics people wrote, like, had his name as Bob. And then it's like, all of a sudden, we're like, wait, we just took this as on face value, and it's not his name. Yeah, throws a wrench in all those fanfics. Well, I mean, it's just, like, something that, like, the writers maybe forgot about. But, like, for us, we're like, okay, main character, Penny. We now know her father's name. And we just kind of assumed that that was going to remain consistent. Yeah. Like, when they said that they were going to have Penny's father on, we were like, oh, Bob's going to be in an episode. And then the press release comes out and he's fucking Wyatt. And we're like, what? Yeah. Anyway, I do like the very end of this when Beverly asked Penny if she would fly to New Jersey to talk about her parents during a brain scan. And Penny's like, oh, would it help? And Beverly's like, it would help me. Always after whatever will help her with her research. Yeah, very research focused. Well, that will wrap up this episode. 
um, which very clearly we both like a lot. I do really like it. I do. I like it in a slightly different way now. Like when I was younger, I was, um, I I found Beverly more funny. And now that I'm an adult, I kind of more, I'm like, okay, it's funny, but there's also that deeper, you know, there's the deeper issues within it. Um, And when I was young, I wasn't quote unquote allowed to like it uh, because my mother was still convinced that like all sitcoms were terrible and just full of people who were just constantly having sex, which first of all, for the people who are live your lives. But secondly, like she took this whole like, oh, my God, they were making out in bed and they were going to have sex. Like when this episode finished airing, I was subjected to like a 20 minute lecture about the quality of television rotting my brain. (laughs) So this was kind of like a forbidden episode for me for a while. And then my mom kind of got over it. So (laughs) now I'm like able to freely enjoy this episode. And then next up is the cushion saturation, which is another very good episode. Another such a good one. With some more really good Leonard Penny stuff in there, so. Yes. That will be fun. Uh, So, until next time, if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com or leave a comment on the website at thebigbangbuzz.com or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.